Angle Slam. Podcast. <laughs> I can still do that bit. Yeah, we can't can't do it in time with the thing, but you can always do the last bit. That's the main thing. Yes. Yeah, but it's getting closer and closer to the time when we can do it in one room. Yeah, a few more weeks, yeah. and hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, hello everyone. Yes, we're here to review Extreme Rules, the horror show. I'm not calling it that. <laughs> I refuse to call it that. It's, it's ridiculous. Extreme. So stupid, isn't it? So, yeah, before yeah. we begin, um, like, subscribe. We're on SoundCloud, Stitch, Apple Music, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all over the place. Just find Angle Slam Podcast and you'll find us anywhere. And, uh, yeah, as far as I know, there's no deaths, is there? No. I mean, we, the Angle Lockdown ones, we kind of uh, tribute to the NHS staff and the COVID sufferers yeah. and all that. Uh, so this would basically be for the, the wrestlers' deaths, but no, I haven't heard of any, which and, is good news. Yeah, um, and if anybody's sitting there wondering, well, where was that other lockdown podcast that you were meant to do? Um, <laughs> well, both of us completely forgot until about half past 11 on a Saturday night and realised, oh, fuck, and I'll oh, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, did think, I, I did think, I think, uh, Thursday evening, like, oh, shit, and then I thought, I have got. Eight, I can't think of one question I, to ask. I've got one, so, yeah, so I left it in your call, and then when you were like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> it's like, it's half 11 at night, I've forgotten, I've got nothing, forget it. For, for the listeners, when we have the material, we'll do it. <laughs> but yeah. Otherwise, it'd just be a podcast of us going, I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got nothing, good night. <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, yes, Extreme Rules 2020. Mm. The horror show! Um, for, yeah, you can call it that. I'm not, I don't want to call it that, but I'm calling yeah. it that more because you don't like it. Uh, but, well, obviously we do the rankings at the end, or ratings, sorry. Yeah. But for the most part, I was I, I thought it was quite good. Um, 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 so we'll, we'll delve into it. Obviously you might have different opinions. Yeah. But it was, I'll put it this way. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. True, uh, true. But, there's, but there, there was definitely some, some big issues I've got with it. That just issues, that, like there were some good parts of it, but like the bad parts really dampened the good parts. Unfortunately, I think as well the issues that were the bad parts were the ones we predicted would be the bad parts. Yeah. So, but there's one thing I think you you might uh, might piss you off more than me, but we'll get into it. But uh, take it in, watch the pre-show. No, I heard it was um, Murphy versus KO, and I heard that apparently is actually not too bad of a match. But I haven't watched I, it. I saw about five minutes of it uh, and it looked all right and I did think to myself right I'll, I'll go back and watch that but I just haven't got round to it um, but yeah Kevin Owens won which cool. is fine but just annoyed that Kevin's been relegated to pre-show yeah. at, at this point um, but yeah so that was that so first off was the Smackdown tag titles yeah which was a bit of a weird one to open with because I didn't re- I didn't know which one to really open with and it was a match where I was just like I didn't really care about it anyway. You know what I mean? I wasn't invested in the match at all, really. Um, however, yeah, I mean, it, it was down to the people involved, I would say. It's like, obviously, you've got Cesaro and Nakamura and the New Day. They're all really good at what they do. And they, to be fair, they did they did give us a good opener. Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't know about the tables stipulation until later on. No. Um, the thing is, with tables, I think we've said, like, for the most part, especially on one-on-one matches, the table stipulation is a bit naff. Mm. But for tag teams, it, it, it kind of works. And for me, in this match, 
they they set up the tables enough and did enough spots to make me think this could end at any moment here. Yeah. Which kept me. Uh, I wouldn't say on the edge of my seat because there was lack of investment as far as story goes. Yeah. But it did keep me guessing. Yeah, because um, I'll be honest, it's one of the few times of a New Day tag reign that I thought to myself, I literally have no idea which way this is going. I did think if Shinsuke and Cesaro are going to win it, now is the time. Yeah, and I'm actually, I'm actually really glad that they did, to be honest. I mean, it doesn't really hurt New Day at this point because they've won it so many times. So I actually quite like the fact that you know, Cesaro's won the tag titles a few times now, but Nakamura's yeah. never won it, and it's a new team, and I'm all over it because I think they're both really, really good. I think it'd be a lot of fun for them. I also think it's fun for their faces to chase the heels for titles. So, yeah, it's having that title change has actually got me reasonably well invested in what's going to happen next. Yeah, it, it made me think as well, okay, we haven't forgotten about these two because the fanfare for Cesaro has always been there. And for Shinsuke, pretty much, but it's probably wishful thinking. But now Shinsuke's been uh, he's been in Continental Title and US, hasn't he? Yes, he's, um, yeah, yeah. And now he's a tag champ, thinking right, there's only one belt left for him to get. That's probably not the way WWE are thinking, but who knows? He must have. He must uh, be able to hold it at one point during his career in WWE. I would have thought so. Yeah, I'd hope so. But yeah, for what I, I saw, the ma- the match wasn't like. Mind blowing, yeah. But I enjoyed it. It was good. It was a sol- it was a solid opener. I would say it wasn't an outstanding, but it was solid enough. Yeah, but that the winning spot, the, oh, the, the, oh. the bump Kofi took, like, brutal, absolutely Jesus brutal. Christ. And I'm actually quite liking what they're doing with Cesaro at the moment. That there's a little bit more aggression to him. Like even in his eyes, you can see the ferociousness in his eyes when he delivered that power bomb through the tables. Yeah. And like even I think a couple of times during the match, and I think to the build-up as well, you, you can see there's a little bit more of like a, a gear change in his mind. Like he's being a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more. I'm going to prove to you that I can be dominant, and I, I like that. I kind of hope that they keep it keep up with that kind of flavor in his character. Yeah, I did when he went over to Cole at the uh, end of the match of kind of like, well, what you got to say now? Look, look, look at us. Yeah, I thought you could really develop this as your kind of character of like, where's my respect? Yeah. I've, I've been earning it for the past eight years or so. Yeah. Where is it? And now you have to respect me. If you make that your heel character, it's going to work. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then you've got Nakamura yeah. backing you up the entire time. Yeah. It's I like mean, it's like Cesaro's like the, the playground bully and Nakamura's like that little kid that comes out behind him going, yeah, give us your money. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's that dynamic I actually quite like the idea of. Well, yeah, the, the, the story could be that now that the SmackDowns have champs, their egos could just run them up yeah. to the point of, like, everyone's like, can someone take the tag titles off these guys to shut them up? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I'd, I'd rather this match have been on the card than the Raw tag titles because with Street Profits, no no fault of their own, I just don't care. Yeah, same here. Just not interested. So, but, yeah, it was so good. Yeah. It was good. Solid opener. Yeah. So, next was Bailey versus Nikki Cross. Yeah, and to be honest, this was the match that I cared probably least about going in because I thought to myself, well, it's clearly just a filler match. Nikki's definitely not winning this. There's no, there was no chance that I thought that that would be the case uh, leading up to the match. However, they built the match in such a way and told a story in such a way, even down to the intro with all the girls just before they went through the apron, the, the pep talk they gave Nikki and everything, 
And then through the match, there was actually a couple of times I sat there and thought to myself, are they actually going to do this? And this is the bit where Bailey loses and it's going to be because of Sasha and Nikki gets a title and it all weaves into the story. Because there was generally a couple of moments where Nikki was really hot and just yeah. really, like, you know, and I generally thought maybe she's going to take this. And that's why I was actually, like I say, it's not like the best wrestling match ever. It wasn't like it was phenomenal or anything like that. But it got me more invested than I originally cared, cared to be invested in. I, I, originally, I didn't care. And by the end of it, I was like, Fair enough. That was a good showing. Yeah, this was when going into match. I thought, um, despite I've always been a, quite a big fan of Nikki Cross, but I just went was going into it with that opening promo with Asuka and Kyrie behind the curtain stuff. I just thought this is the match that's going to be the the, the the weakest one on the card. I think yes. for me. And um, I went in, and I've said like without a story. When the bell rings, if you're not invested with the story, you're not going to be invested in the match. However, about 10 minutes into the match, it, just the way it was going, I thought, you know, I'm into this. Yeah. Uh, and, and not in a way, I, I don't think I ever believed Nikki was going to win. But not regardless, I was invested enough in, uh, not fully invested, but invested enough in the match to sit there and enjoy it. Yeah. Um and I'm going to go now. I mean, a year ago, we were kind of like, eh, about it. But I'm not going to limb. I think Bailey's the best heel in the WWE right now. She is one of the best. Honestly, the tandem between her and Sasha is perfect. They're just yeah. these arrogant, cocky heels. And I... So annoying. They're so annoying. And that's yeah. what makes it brilliant. They're annoying yeah. everybody. They're just like these little people that like just poke you and prod you and annoy you constantly. And that is brilliant. Yeah, so they're the type of like they'll brag at how great and how good they are, but as soon as like they're not in control and the opponents on the offense, it's all oh I better crawl to the ropes or ref. Okay, come on, it's like oh hang on a minute, yeah. I thought you said you were the best. Yeah. Step up. So yeah, I think she's doing really well, and I think that helped the match. I didn't actually see uh, Sasha passed the uh, like the brass nuts thing. Oh, me. I did. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I, I, did, like, I didn't know what, what it was. I didn't know what it was that she'd given her, but I could see clearly she'd given her something, and then it became obvious that it was the boss knuckles. Um, I would have preferred her to hit Nikki in the head with it rather than the stomach, but you know, yeah. fair enough. It's a heel tactic, and it's a, it's kind of a nice way to finish it off. It doesn't hurt Nikki in defeat in this way because she like I said, she put in a really good showing in this match anyway. Yeah. So I think it was really good, and it did. It did a lot to further the story of Bailey and Sasha, and it also did a lot to make Nikki a more credible opponent for a title match. And I'm kind of thinking with this match, if they continue this momentum with Nikki, I could see her having a title not too far down the future. Well, yeah, the the, the minor stitchings of the story were Nikki was beginning to have a lack of confidence in herself. Yeah. Uh, in this, the way they did it, the fact that Bailey and Sasha cheated to win, it's the whole uh, Alexa and all that from a like a kayfabe point of view. It could be like, there's no fault of your own. Don't let your confidence get in the way. They cheated, so yeah. it works that way. I've got a couple bits more to say about the match, but I'll say it during Sasha versus Asuka because it will make more sense. Okay, so, but yeah, overall, it really wasn't that bad. It was better than I thought it would be. Yeah, and it it. For a while, I did think Bailey's just holding the SmackDown tech, uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship for somebody else. The fact that she's held onto it this long, it's like, nah, she's become credible now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's working. Uh, I think it's working. 
Um, next was the whole MVP US title thing. Yeah, um, obviously the whole segment sucked, unfortunately, but it was down to an unfortunate circumstance. Um, the, they used the thing that he that Apollo Crews is injured because of Bobby Lashley. However, it's kept, it's come out that the that he's tested positive for for COVID nineteen. So because of that, that's the reason he hasn't been on the show for the last few weeks because he may have tested positive. Then they confirmed that he had, so he just obviously couldn't make it there in time because he wouldn't be well enough to be able to do anything. So it sucks that that, that it was because I was actually reasonably invested in this because I'm actually quite liking the MVP uh, Bobby Lashley dynamic. Um, but it is what it is, and MVPs now you you self-proclaimed United States champion. It is what it is. It's it just it's unfortunate circumstances. I'm afraid. Yeah, I. The thing that annoyed me because I, I watched a little bit of pre-show the night before or before the show, and Lashley and MVP did a promo that suggested the match was still going ahead. So I was thinking, well, when was this found out? about the, the testing positive and whatnot. Um, so that was a little bit like, if, if depending on the timing, if you knew this wasn't, was going to be the case, couldn't you throw a different match in there? Um, but I also thought, with uh, the way MVP was mouthing off, I thought someone's going to come out and yeah. challenging to impromptu two match right there. Yeah, I thought that. I thought it was going to be someone like, oh God, I don't know. Um Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, Ricochet yeah. something, yeah. But nothing. And I just thought it was a pointless segment. Which is which Ricochet. which makes me think that maybe they only literally just found out that he was tested positive so that they literally had to make this up really quickly. Maybe an opponent wasn't in the building quick enough to be able to organise something, so they just had to do this. Well, well that's true. I mean, they, they made the right decision. Uh, you know, there'd be more uproar if they found out he Apollo tested positive and they sent him out to the ring. There'd oh, be yeah. a huge uproar about it. But the fact, again, is like, yeah, if there wasn't an opponent nearby, it means they're probably only calling people to the uh, performance centre that they need, yeah. which is the right thing. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was a bit shit. Um, it was obviously just going, you know, the story's not over kind of thing, like, Apollo's still US champ, just MVP saying he, he is. Yeah. And I, I know we spoke about that on one of the other podcasts, but I'll tell you what, that US belt's quickly beginning to grow on me. Yeah, same here. I'm actually quite yeah. liking it. It doesn't look too bad. It's Again, it's growing on me. Yeah, so I thought at first it might be a a, a hate relationship that I'd just be like, no, it's not working. But no, it's, it's working. It's growing on me. Yeah. And it's, it's a little bit more... Um, Looks a bit more prestigious than the old design. So. I suppose, yeah, it's but, a little bit more sleek. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that that, that happened. Uh, next was Seth Ray. Right. Um, this was the one that was kind of set up to fail anyway because of the stipulation yes. of like having to actually remove someone's eye. It was such a ridiculous thing. You you booked yourself into one of the stupidest corners I think you've ever booked yourself into WWE. It was ridiculous. Having said that. Everything leading up to the very final moment was a great match. The yeah, match, exactly yeah, the, same way. the match was exactly incredible, the and this is why me and the missus were discussing. It's like if you'd have just taken this eye for an eye shit and got rid of it and put an eye quit match in there instead, this would have been match of the night. 
It was really yeah. good. There was loads of offense. There was loads of spots. Ray was still quick as anything. Seth was doing a really good heel movement. There was a lot of story being told. It was really well put together. And then literally at the last minute, it fight, falls at the last hurdle with this shitty prosthetic eye that you barely see anyway. Then he's ushered to the back as Seth's throwing up on the floor. And it's just like, what were you thinking? What were you actually thinking? My thought was... There's no way this is going to end up, end well. It was always going to end shit anyway. But this is like the worst possible shit way that you could end it. My thought is, look, if you're going to be this stupid and it is called The Horror Show, then what you should have done was it should have been an eye all over the place and blood just pouring down his face. It should have been all of that kind of stuff. Go balls to the walls with it if you're going to be that stupid. But you weren't. You were too reserved with it. And you went with this tiny little prosthesis eye that you like you say you barely even saw before he was taken to the back. And I was just like, you you just made it shit. And it's a shame because everything leading up to it was a good, solid, serviceable and enjoyable match. Yeah, that, that I agree. It was, it was it wasn't doomed to fail as such. It was just doomed to fall at the last hurdle because of the Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I take that, yeah. Yeah, so the, the whole, yeah, like I said, the match, as I was watching the match, at that point, because uh, obviously I didn't know what Ziggler and was going to announce for his match with Drew at this point, uh, I was thinking, well, we haven't got an Extreme Rules match yet. At Extreme Rules, why couldn't this have been Extreme Rules? Because it could have gone down the exact same way, even with them trying to gouge each other's eyes out, because it would have made sense of the story. Yeah. Um. To the point, even without that prosthetic eye thing, um, it could have ended the same way. Of oh my god, Seth's done exactly the same thing to Ray. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It could have ended that way, and we'd have bought into it a lot easier because we're not sitting there thinking, "Well, when are we going to see a fake eye pop out?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If with the whole blood and balls to the wall and an eye hanging out thing, you wanted. Number one, I think I would have hated it more well, because no. it would have been. I would have been sitting there going, "As if." But I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. At the end of the day, I'm not saying I wanted it. That's not what right. I, I don't want it. It's just the fact that they booked themselves into this stupid corner, so they needed to be stupid with it at the end. But the problem is, they tried to take it with some sort of seriousness, and it didn't work. No, I mean, obviously they wouldn't have been able to do all the blood and stuff anyway, because this. Even when I was thinking this, how the hell are you going to do an eye gouge on a PG show? Yeah. It, you can't, exactly, you back them into a corner, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so, I know they've kind of briefly shown Ray, like, holding like, his eye that was all skewed and stuff, which, I mean, again, they shouldn't have booked themselves to do this, and it was a cheap way to get out of it, but after the match was over, I hated Seth growing up, I just I thought, was, oh, come on. Yeah, stupid word, Yeah, this is ridiculous, but... They did it in a way where it looked more like it had fallen. It hadn't been come pulled out. It fell out of his eye socket. Yeah. So when they later on went to uh, Charlie, whoever was yeah. outside doctor, the like, uh, it was it came out enough to go. But his retina and might still be undamaged, and if all the glands are still there, they might be able to save the vision. It was like the fact that you've had to put that segment in means you knew. You booked yourself into a corner. Yeah. Because you've got to explain how Ray's going to come back with perfect sight. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, as soon as I saw that backstage thing, I was like, you have literally just tried to get yourself out of this. You know what I mean? And you're just like, it, it just made the entire gimmick redundant and pointless. The, the fact that you're booking something to the point that you're going to go, right, we booked it, 
Now, how are we going to get out of it? Yeah. So, why even book why it? Why do it? Why book it? Like I said, if you'd yeah. have done an I Quit match, this would have been a, like, a really good, amazing match. If you'd have just done that and Raiden said, I quit, and then that's Ray written out for a while because he's been working without a contract, that makes yeah. all the sense in the world. Uh, I was surprised there was no uh, appearance from Dominic all the rest of Seth's kind of crew. Yeah, that, yeah. I to be honest, there was a time I thought to myself, maybe Dominic's turning heel here. Yeah. Because like Dominic came yeah. out at the end to help usher him to the back, but I thought to myself, the thing I was thinking of is like during the build-up, uh, Ray said, "I'm going to make a sacrifice of my own." He said that to to Seth, and I thought, well, what if Dominic turns heel on his dad? And it could build up to this whole thing. And then we actually find out later on that it was Ray that told him to do it so he could pull apart Seth's faction from the inside. And that, was, like the sacri- and that was the sacrifice he was making. But it ended up just being a nothing line, unfortunately. Yeah, I just what they did in the match was I, I liked with the inventiveness of this, with the, like, the, the kendo stick in the turnbuckle, yep. trying to gouge up the legs of the chair. And uh, even Seth falling on the corner of the table, I thought was pretty good. Yep. Um, so yeah, the match went really well. It's just when it went to the steps thing again, right before it, Ray's hands were over the, the corner of the steps, and then the last second he moved his hands. So it's like, why don't you just keep your hands on the corner? <laughs> then nothing would have happened. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it it was one of them where we predicted the outcome. Maybe not the winner, but predicted the outcome. But as far as the actual match goes. I was entertained. Yeah, um, I think my favourite spot was definitely uh, Ray. Um, I think he did a a sliding dive into a. I think it was like some kind of falcon, not falcon arrow. Um, oh, the senton like, bomb, senton bomb, and then in, into yeah, into the into the perspex glass and wall. That whole sequence, yeah. like, but it was brutal, and I love that. That was a great spot. Yeah, they had a lot of great spots in there. Like, I did think at one point, why does it have to be a table uh, folded down on the outside? Ray to splat on when he got thrown <laughs> under the bottom rope. Yeah. Because he's, he's landed on, on the floor millions of times. I don't know why a table had to be there this time. Um, but yeah, they, they use the environment to the advantage with all the um, the tools and you trying to get pliers in there and shit. It was just... It was, it was better than I thought it was going to be. It's just the ending was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Disappointment. There was rumours that it was going to be like some CGI graphic of an eye coming out. Yeah. Thank God that it didn't do that. <laughs> That's all I would say on that. So, um, Yeah, next I think was the Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, Asuka versus Sasha. Um, again, um, I, I didn't mind the match. It was it was all right. I, I'm, it, again, it wasn't a wrestling clinic, but it did a very similar thing that Bailey and Nikki did. And the fact that it told a good story, it furthered Sasha and Bailey even more. Um and it, I, I, I don't remember any specific spots. So, it's, like I say, it wasn't like it was a wrestling clinic. But yeah. it was solid. And it's just, it's the ending that kind of sticks out for me. Because, although I like it, because it's really kind of heelish of Sasha and Bailey, And technically, Asuka didn't lose. But yeah. then, it's just, it's a really confusing kind of ending. And I don't mind it, because not every match has to end clean. It, never, not, it just depends on the yeah. way you do it. And I think this is quite fun because this hasn't happened in a while. And it's just like, well, technically Asuka didn't lose. 
Uh, but technically, you know, you know, and then Sasha is the champion. And it's just like, I like this dyma- dynamic of, well, what's going to happen then? How is Asuka going to get her title back? And what's Sasha going to say about it? What's Bailey going to say about it? What are the officials and everything going to say about it? They're going to have to come in and say, you're going to have to have a rematch because that didn't count and shit like that. I like that dynamic. So it, it did what it needed to do for me. I'm surprised because I thought you'd be on a different page to me. It sounds like you're exactly the same page to me. Because a lot of people were a bit like, well, that was confusing. What the fuck? It was like, guys, this, is, this isn't... Every match doesn't have to be a clear-cut no. one she lost. No, it doesn't. This is wrestling. It's sports entertainment. And all it did, well, in my opinion, was add another chapter to this story. Yeah. And I mean, it got to the point that when that the way it ended happened, it's like, well, I want to find out what happens next. Yeah. It's investment. Yeah. So they, they did the right thing. With the first 10 minutes of the match, um, I think uh, there was a few botches and it just didn't captivate me. So I thought, all right, here we go. This is going to be my snore fest. Yeah, it was, it, it was a slow burner, but once it kicked up a gear. Yeah, well, once it passed the halfway mark, I thought, all right, here we go. Um, I will give credit where credit's due because I think it was a mistake. When Sasha slipped off the second rope and just kind of splatted down, yeah, I think it was, the knee, yeah, I think it was a I misstep. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was story or real, mm. but if it was a genuine mistake and she made it turn it to make it look like it was part of the deal, then kudos to her. Um, but yeah, so let's see. Um, Bailey gets involved. Her and Kari saying have a bit of a scuffle. Yeah, have a tussle. Kari gets taken out. Uh, but I think Asuka kicks Bailey in the back of the head or something like that. Um, uh, Sasha's getting ready to hit um, Asuka with the belt. The ref spots her. Green missed to the ref. Yeah, which again, um, I liked it. I, li- I thought that was good. Yeah. Uh, then I think it was the championship to Asuka's head or the back or whatever. Yeah, I think it was like the back, back of her neck, I think, or something like that. Right. Bailey puts the ref shirt on. One, two, three. Declares Sasha as the champ. Even though she had to like Threaten the the ring keeper. Yeah, because he wasn't. Because obviously, it doesn't count until he rings the bell, which obviously she threatened him to do it. Yeah, it, it's just interesting because back in the Attitude Era, they did this a couple of times, but it would be a face doing it, like someone throwing a ref shirt and counting three for a face superstar, and the crowd bought into it. They loved it. Like, yeah, that counts. Yeah. Why can't they count for the heels? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you because, can't. You can't. Um, pick one side of it. It's like if if one person's allowed to do it, anyone is. Yeah, because technically, fair enough. Bailey and all that shouldn't she shouldn't have got involved. But it was Asuka's fault. She green misted the ref, and it's kind of like uh, we don't even know if the green mist is a legal move anyway. Yeah. And technically, despite who the ref was, it it wasn't like a fast recount or anything. Bailey. Uh, counted a clean three count with Asuka's shoulders on the mat. So, yes, it does create all these questions and, and controversy. Yeah, because, I mean, it makes me think that maybe, because she green-misted the ref, and then obviously that, that was an illegal move as much as uh, Bailey was putting on the ref shirt and counting, maybe the ref and the official are going to go, well, I was going to reverse the order and get you to fight again, but you green-misted me, so it's your own fault, so you don't get your championship back. And see, I, I know what's happened on Raw. So I, I, they've made an official announcement about what's going to happen. So I'll keep stum about it. But, 
Yeah, one of the things they could have done, as a, as a, the officials go, was like, right, yeah, uh, Bailey counting the three doesn't count. She's not an official ref. Um, Sasha's not the Raw Women's Champion. However, you green misted me. It's one thing to green miss me, but it's an illegal move, so I would have disqualified you anyway, which means you would have lost, uh, but you still would have kept the belt. So let's just have a, a rematch. Yeah. Now, I, I say I know what's going to happen on Raw as far as it goes, but the fact that people probably tuned into Raw or I wanted to read the results of Raw to find out what happened with this is um, it's the right move. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's getting viewers invested and interested. Yeah, and one of um, the one of the main storylines that WWE is clearly invested in is Sasha and Bailey, and this furthers their story because... And it's good. It's good. Long. It's you know we all moan saying, "Oh, no one does long term booking anymore." Sasha and Bailey are the only ones that is a real solid long term book because we all know that eventually it's going to come to a head where one of them's going to screw the other one out of it, whether it be by accident or not, and that's going to build towards them losing everything, and then they're going to end up feuding against each other, which is what we want to see. And it will hopefully get to the point where no titles need to be involved because they've built these two girls up so much that we just want to see them rip each other apart. And at the moment, they're doing everything right. Yeah, they, they added more fuel to the fire to everything that needed it, like to characters, to story, and to the heel, uh, uh, the, the hate that Sasha and Bailey are, are getting as heels. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say that when we talk about the SmackDown Women's Championship, I just looked at both, and I've been saying this for a couple of years now, I'm tired of them seeing a championship match as an extreme stipulation. It's not. It's a title match, and I think those two were the only matches that didn't have a stipulation. Yeah. So I just thought, couldn't Nikki and Bailey been two out of three falls where Nikki got the first fall, and then because I noticed Nikki kicked out of a Bailey to Bailey, which uh, I mean it, it was passable, but I thought, hang on, that's one of Bailey's finishes. Yeah, but it's not her so, main finisher anymore, is it? It's not, but it's still meant to be one of the strongest in her arsenal. So I thought, couldn't you do two out of three falls? Nikki gets the first fall to boost her confidence. Bailey gets the second for with the Bailey to Bailey, and then the match goes down exactly the way it did at the end. And then with um, Sasha versus Asuka, I thought, couldn't this be Extreme Rules or submission match where it was like, um, what do you call it? Uh... Bank statement versus Askelock. Yeah. But obviously with the way the match ended, it wouldn't have worked that way for submission. But you could have made it no DQ or Bailey and Kyrie Bam from ringside or something. But I did also wonder, when my brother said it, I thought, and maybe not, but now I think about it, maybe it could have been. This could have headlined the pay-per-view. Yeah, there was a couple of people reviewing it thinking that maybe this should have headlined the pay-per-view. Because it was, again, it was just, it was a good match, it was a good story told, and it could have closed out the show quite well. Well, yeah, just, just the controversial ending itself, yeah. for one. And I said this to someone, I can't remember who, like, if it was, if uh, later down the line, Bray and Braun teamed up, it's at the end of the storyline was them teaming up, right? And they become tag champions. <clears throat> Braun's still a universal champion, but Bray gets a shot at the WWE Championship. That match would be main event because everyone would be like, well, he might the Whites might hold all the gold. This was exactly the same thing, but just for the women's division. Yeah. So why couldn't that be the main event? Yeah, absolutely. So 
And just to make it fair as well, I think um, obviously the, the, the men headlines uh, Mania with the WWE Championship. I can't. I think the last time the SmackDown Women's Champions headlined the pay per view was Survivor Series. Mm. So um, I think it's about time. If you want to bring the women's division up as high as the men's, I think it's getting to the time the women need to headline a pay-per-view again at some point. Well, hopefully if they go forward with a two-night mania thing from now on, you can have the first night headlined by the women and the second night headlined by the men. That way both people get headlines. Easy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, I know it sometimes depends on the investment of the story because... No offence to either of them, but Bailey Nikki was not a strong enough match to headline Extreme Rules. But I you know Sasha Asuka, I think could have been. Yeah. But, but it, it is what it is, and uh, the match was entertaining. And as far as the story development and the way the ending went down, I'm fine with it. Yeah, same here. So yeah, it, it, I think it's good development for stories. Yeah, as they say, controversy creates cash. It does. It certainly does. Uh, next was the WWE Championship. Yeah, Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. And then Ziggler comes out and says that it's going to be extreme rules for him only. Um, and if at any point uh, Drew decides to bugger off or get himself disqualified, he also loses the title as well. So, you know, stacking it all against Drew. Um, this, again, was a match where I thought it was similar to the Bailey um, nikki thing, where I thought, well, this is clearly just a filler match for a pay-per-view because no one believes that Dolph is ever going to win. Um, clearly, they're building Drew as this absolutely amazing character and they're continuing to do so. However, I, again, really enjoyed the match. It, it, it wasn't, again, it wasn't like it was a wrestling clinic, but it was solid. Um, it was interesting to have Extreme Rules for one because it does two great things. It gives you that slight Doubt that maybe Drew might lose a couple of points, even though, you know, really you don't think he will. But there is a couple of times you think, well, what if? What if they give it to Dolph because yeah. of these reasons and shenanigans? And then it also does a good thing in making Drew even more of a powerhouse when he's still able to retain after all of this. That shows yeah. it's good because it actually it, it just adds more flavour to the match because in a regular one-on-one match, Dolph wouldn't stand a chance. But with this, it gave him a chance and it made it more interesting. And we all knew that Drew was going to win. But when he did, it's just like, well, they, you know, they went through hell and it, it was a, it was fun and interesting. And it furthers the story of Drew being as strong as he is. And that's, you know, fair enough. Can't really grumble. Yeah. The thing with, um, I, there wasn't really, I don't think, a weak match on the card uh, as far as how the matches went down. But I think... Maybe just I was into Bailey Nikki more than Drew Dolph, be- only because with what you know, like say we never really believed Nikki was going to win the women's championship. We never really believed Dolph was going to win the WWE. But there was more reasons to say, well, why not Nikki than why not Dolph? Yeah, yeah because if it came to Nikki, it'd be like, well, yeah, Bailey's on the run, so maybe that, but. But when it goes to Dolph, there's a huge list of, like, Dolph's a part-timer, Drew should still hold the belt, blah, 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 blah. So the match went down okay. Uh, I did, like, some smart spots from, when, like, Drew took the chair. And yep. Dolph's kind of standing there, like, are you going to do it? And he throws it away. Nearly suplexes into a table. Yeah. And turns mid Turns him around. Yeah, that was good. Um, drop, and then the, um, the, uh, the elbow for top rope through the table for yeah, Dolph. And Drew, that was good. Drew's frustration as well of like, 
Just, that was more of anything getting Dolph over because for Dolph's character, smart stipulation to yeah, pick. Yeah, he's very and smart. Fact, yeah, and for Drew to show visible frustration with it, it's like, yeah, hey, Drew, Dolph's under his skin. Mm. This, this is working. Um, when Drew threw Dolph over the commentator table, it looked like he nearly cocked it up at one point. I thought it, Dolph was going to land badly. Um I don't know why it still astonishes me, but Dolph is still king of, of selling the, the moves. Dude, honestly, oh. that Claymore that came out of literally oh nowhere, he turned him inside out, and I was just like, oh, oh, oh that was good. I, I actually shouted, holy shit. Yeah, that was a hell of a Claymore. Halfway through the tuning of the band, and then it literally just, just like, Drew had only just got his feet on the ground yeah. with the nip up. And then he's just straight into the claim. That's the thing. I, what the fuck happened? I didn't even see the, the nip-up. I didn't even see it. Like It was such an off-camera thing because we were still focusing on Dolph that by the time I'd figured out that he'd done it, the Claymore had already been hit. And it was... Yeah. And again, it's another way of just proving that Claymore is just becoming one of my absolute favourite finishes. It just... It's powerful. It looks cool. It just... If you get the right clap it just sounds cool everything yeah. about it is just a great finisher and Dolph like you said is just the champ at making finishes look incredible well, not just finish I think there was um, similar to the sunset flip to Seth in the plexiglass I think there was something we drew in Dolph there as well and Dolph was just throwing himself into the barricade yeah. like he'd been hit by a car yeah and it's like what I'm always blown away by Dolph when he does that kind of stuff and I can't give him more praise than that. Yeah, he's the bump um, king. I did think at one point, like, uh, well, his rumours that it's going to be Orton Drew at SummerSlam. Yes. That's cool. And now the fact that the Claymore is almost an out-of-nowhere finisher as well. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Claymore versus RKO thing could be fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, one thing during the match when I was thinking, yeah, this ain't going to happen for Dolph. This light bulb went off in my head and I thought, oh my God, this could happen. I thought if uh, this still could happen, like this could happen, if say for whatever reason they go with Orton versus McIntyre versus Ziggler, like triple threat at SummerSlam. If Dolph does it and everyone's like, what the fuck? And then you hear Otis's movie (laughs) and you're like, holy shit, I forgot about him and all their history and Otis does it you're there like, what the hell just <laughs> happened? Or, thinking, um, may, I think the Raw season premiere, even though it really never matters because it's non-stop throughout the year, I think the Raw season premiere is sometime in September. If Otis approached Drew in September and said the week before, like, I'm cashing in, and Drew's like, all right, let, let's do it. I think Drew's been looking so strong recently of like just kicking out of like zigzags and, and, and all that of like sometimes at one counts. He can make Otis look so strong and put on such a good match that McIntyre should still win, but Drew working with Otis can drag Otis up the card a little bit more. Yeah. Because could, could you imagine if during the match for a split second you thought Otis was going to do it? Mm. Uh, he hits his finisher and, and Drew's like stumbling and can't get up. And you're like, what if you thought Otis going to be champion? If Drew still gets it at the last post but shakes Otis's hand afterwards or something like that, 
that does wonders for Otis. Yeah, it does. So, um, but yeah, like I said, yeah. The, ma- the match itself was really, really in- enjoyable. Um, I heard that the strongest rumour, like I say, is Orton versus Drew at SummerSlam. But one of the mm-hmm. following rumours from that is that they may give the title to Orton so that Drew can win it back at Mania from whoever holds it at that point so he can have a full crowd reaction. Um, yeah, I just, it, it's sometimes a struggle if, I think he should have that pop of yeah. new champion, but may, I don't know about Mania. Uh, I well, think I, people... I, I'd be fine with it being Mania. The only thing I'd say is I don't want, if that was the case, I don't want him to lose it at SummerSlam because that's six months apart. I want him to lose it literally the pay-per-view before he wins it back yeah. again. You know what I mean? Because, it, yes, it would be blatantly obvious what they're doing, but it really doesn't matter because we're so invested in the character of Drew and how much he deserves this kind of moment that we won't care because we'll be like, well, he's obviously going to win it, but we're still going to go mad because he didn't get it last year, so let's give it him this year. So I don't, you know, I, I, I don't mind him losing to Orton depending on how the match goes. I just wish it was closer to the time that he'd win it back rather than it being a six-month gap because the only thing I'm fearing is that you know what Vince is like. He's so flaky that he'll go, right, this is the plan I'm going with. And at the last moment, he'll go, nah, I'm changing my mind. Like, he could do it like a week before Mania. He's going to go, nah, actually, I think I'm changing my mind. I think, nah, Drew's not going to be in the match anymore. And then Drew doesn't get his moment or because Vince isn't in the mood anymore. So that's why I'm thinking I'd like to do it so close together so he doesn't have time to change his mind. (laughs) The, the the problem with if Dolph, um, sorry, Drew lost the belt a month before Mania, purely so he could win it back at Mania, uh, I th- if they did it the six months before, it builds up that six-month fan desire of, God, we wanted to win it back. If he just lost it before a uh, few weeks before Mania and then won it back at Mania, it's like, hey, he got it back. But it also, like I said, it'd be very predictable um, and I feel like I can't speak for all fans, but personally, I'd just be thinking we felt robbed of Mania this year. We finally got WrestleMania back, and you just gave us exactly the same one as last year. Yeah, but again, it depends on who he's going against. I suppose, but to me, if they could completely shock us and go, wow, okay, Drew's lost the belt, he's going back to Mania to win it back, get the pop he never got, he could walk into Mania and lose. Just for the shock factor, and uh, again, I'd be again, uh, like you said, depending on the opponent, I'd be down with that. If he beats, oh, I, I really don't know who he could beat, but I'd be more pissed off if Roman Reigns beat him. Uh, yeah, because that's yeah, like the worst so... thing. Because at the moment, Reigns is in that spot where he's naturally a face now, and we all quite like him. He's fine. So don't wreck that by making him go over the other person that we all really, really enjoy and really deserves a lot of accolades as well. Because otherwise you're yeah. going to just, you're going to ruin Drew's push and you're going to send Reigns right back to where he was before where we're going to start booing him because you're clearly pushing him too far. Yeah, well, I imagine it's something like, um, but wait, uh, t- have you heard the rumour that Lesnar's not going to be at SummerSlam? Yeah, he's not going to be. I think yeah. he's pretty much guaranteed it ain't happening. That's fine. I mean, whatever. It, he's probably doing it for more right reasons this time than wrong because yeah. of the, the climate and stuff. Yeah, but, I can understand yeah. why. Imagine something happens near January, February time where there's no WWE champion. So they go, right, uh, we need to find two contenders uh, to be to go to the main event of Mania. Have Cesaro win the Royal Rumble. 
have Drew win an elimination chamber to determine his opponent, and it's Drew Cesaro at Mania. And just as you're getting into these two like super strong dudes kicking the shit out of each other, as Drew's getting ready to hit the Claymore, for the first time in almost a year, you hear Lesnar's music hit. <laughs> and, and, he, and he comes out to screw Drew. And like, oh, but don't get me wrong, I'd feel for Drew, but if it meant Cesaro was champion... I'm down with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, you can with that you can have Drew win it back at SummerSlam, and he'd still yeah. get a hell of a pop. Yeah, have a, a, I mean, if he could lose it, like you say at SummerSlam, it, uh, to me it wouldn't matter what show it was or what pay per view. If as long as you have Drew win it back when there's a crowd there, he'll get the pop he deserves. Hundred percent. So yeah, so yeah, that that was Drew still champ. Yes. Um. Main event. Yeah, the main event. So it was Bray, old school kind of Bray versus Braun. Non-title as well, which they didn't really advertise much, to be honest. It just became suddenly just through saying, oh, it's non-title. Oh, okay. Well, that kind of takes it out a little bit. Um, I've heard it is non-title. Which is unfortunate because I kind of want it. It gives you a little bit... It always gives it more flavour than there's a title online. Um, I was kind of... Mixed feelings about this. Um, I understand why they put it as the main event because it was like the gimmick thing, like the Boneyard match or the Firefly Funhouse, that kind of a thing. And you know, I get that. That's fine. Um, I, I liked when Bray finally came in and he started monologuing. All of that, I look... Because Bray, that's just Bray. He's so good at doing the monologue and telling a story and being really invested in the character. And, and all the... You know, that was all great. It was also great with the imagery. All the imagery was, was great. The swamp... Everything about that was all really, really good, and it worked well with the old school Bray. But the rest of it was just kind of a little bit silly for me. There wasn't really much wrestling going on other than chucking each other in the swamp every now and then. A random guy gets set on fire. It's just these random guys attacking him. It's just like, okay. Um, the Alexa Bliss thing as well. Um, people said, oh, she's Sister Abigail. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's a case of it was just another vision that he's seen, like when he saw himself at the start of the match. It's just the same thing. She's not Sister Abigail. It was just a thing to add into there. Um, and yeah, it just kind of ended. We thought, like, oh, the, the sign comes up. Oh, it must be over. And then suddenly Bray pops back up, disappears. And then the red water comes up and the Fiend comes out. That final piece with the Fiend was, again, great. Really enjoyed that. So there were some pieces I did enjoy. But for the most yeah. part, I was just kind of like, eh, it's a bit weird. You know what I mean? So the imagery, the monologuing, and the fiend appearing, those things were fine. But everything else, I was just kind of like, eh, it's not a boneyard match, is it? It was, yeah. The way it started with Bray sitting there in the chair and Braun pulling up, I was like, right, I see what you're going to try and do here. This is going to be half Firefly Funhouse, half Boneyard match. Now, I, I've got, I, I kind of agree, I had mixed emotions about it it definitely was not as good as the boneyard match or firefly funhouse match no but i think for the most part not all of it for the most part i did enjoy it because i didn't really enjoy the, the fact that we had to just presume that the people attacking brawl were more the cult followers <laughs> yeah just like yeah. just obviously if, if, if they it carried on as normal that would have been other wyatt family members obviously but yeah. they just had random stunt people there but the, I, when Braun attacked Braun, it, it was like, right, is this a vision? Is this his confliction with himself? 
or has Bray created another brawn here? What, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I know we're meant to be just as confused as Braun because we're watching it from his point of view as well, but we need some clarity on yeah. something. Um, the when Braun was tied to the chair or chained to the chair, I was looking at those chains going, they're not tight. You can just slide your arms out from underneath. Yeah. What's going on here? But I thought the monologue promo went on maybe a little bit too long. Maybe, yeah, up. yeah, because it kind of broke up the wrestling side of well, what there was of some sort of wrestling. But as I said, I always enjoy Bray talking. Uh, I really do. Yeah, so, so did I. But I love the fact that he's like, you can't hurt me, I'm already dead. Yeah. As in a kind of more, adding more supernatural stuff to the Bray he is now of like, the Fiend has brought the ghost of this Bray back purely to haunt you for this moment. Yeah. Uh, and then he started the whole thing, I can't go back. I can't go back. Like, he knew he was dead, but the Fiend had brought him back just for this. Um, I didn't really get the, the Sister Abigail bringing the snake out at first. And then Zach seems to think, my brother, for those listeners, seems to think that's a throwback to when Randy Orton was in the White Family, the Viper. Well, it could have been. I mean, yeah, it could have been a subtle, subtle kind of cameo type thing. Oh, yeah, I didn't really see it as that. Uh, I just was like, all right, it's a, the sister Abigail and there's a snake. So, yeah, when Alexa turned up, I loved the fact that they referenced that whole romantic story. Yeah, because that was kind of like the mixed match challenge thing was kind of like a, an offshoot thing. It wasn't like 100% canon, was it, really, as far as WWE is concerned? So, yeah, the fact that they mentioned Yeah, the fact that they mentioned it, I was like, yeah, and those two were a good, fun team together. So, yeah, I don't mind that they mentioned that. But it, to me, it's showing more with uh, whether Sister Abigail's still involved in this brave psyche or, or not. It, as a fan, who knows? But the fact that Bray's using Alexa means like, all right, th- there's no lines I won't cross to get into your head. Yeah. Um, the boat thing where he put Bray in the boat and then the bro- boat just came back empty. When it was slowly coming back... I, I thought the Fiend like, was going to be there. Yes, I thought the Fiend would pop up. Yeah. Like, all right, old Bray's gone off into the, the, the swamp. The Fiend's come back. There's the, the signature of like a rebirth. Um, I did think when the little logo thing came up and Vaughn's going, it's over. I was thinking, it better not be. Yeah, shit, that's what it? I was like. I thought that's going to be a shit ending, isn't it? Yeah, but what I loved is obviously Bray pops up, Mandible Claw drags Braun into the swamp with him. Right before the red light, Bray pops up screaming, no, yeah. no. That's the fiend dragging him back yeah, to hell. And that, yeah, that's what I wanted to get onto. I quite like that thing where you can interpret that any way you want to. They leave it quite open-ended for you to figure out what you want from that. And what I, yeah, I was similar to what you were saying. It's like Bray has, uh, the fiend has now fully got control of the old Bray and that even he's afraid of the fiend. And that's the whole great thing yeah. about building up the fiend so well is that even this Bray is afraid of him and has now been controlled by him. So we know what the next obvious step is. It's going to be Fiend versus Braun and it has to be the Fiend beating Braun because they're just building up as this unstoppable thing that everybody fears. Even their own, his own kind of offshoot character fears this side of him. Yeah, I mean, the fact, again, like you say, we've never seen that Bray Wyatt or any Bray Wyatt that terrified of anything, mm. even The Undertaker. 
So when he pops up just kind of screaming no and trying to get out the swamp, it was like, okay, Bray's... It's that whole cliche of he's terrified of himself of because now he doesn't know how monstrous he can be. But also the fact that the fiend's kind of gone, right, you've served your purpose. Now go back to the tombs, the tombs of hell where you belong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... At that point, I wasn't even sure who won. I'm pretty sure Bray got Well, that's the thing. That's the only confusion I had at the end of it. I was like, well, because like halfway through the match, I was thinking to myself, how do we determine a winning or a winner here? There's no pinfalls. There's no buried alive. There's none of that. So I was like, I don't know who becomes the winner, but I assume it's like a last man standing match. I assume that's how it works and that Bray was the last guy there before the screens went black. So I assume that Bray's the winner. Yeah, I mean, it could be... For the most part, it did look like Bray won, but I thought is it, Braun definitely didn't. So it could have been it's either Bray or no contest. If we're nitpicking, it could be uh, Bray did the mind games, Braun fought back, and they had their little back and forth. And then it could have been the fiends just, you know what, I've had enough, I'm dragging you both to hell. Because Braun didn't pop up back from that swamp. So I don't know if they're going to play more on that, that Braun's now disappeared or is Braun just going to be on Smackdown the following week going yeah it's Mountain there I nearly drowned yeah that's <laughs> that's the weird thing so I'm intrigued to see what happens next because obviously the story's not finished because obviously like we said the Fiend is going to be next and I assume it's going to be SummerSlam it's just yeah. how they build up to that and how they get themselves out of this swamp match properly and with a little bit of fucking gusto really rather than just yeah. kind of nonchalantly saying a lie and going Oh, he just dragged me under. And anyway, the fiend appeared, and now I'm going to take him on. It's just, I don't want just a quick kind of throwaway line. I want a little bit more context as to what Braun was going through and what happened to him afterwards, and, you know, whether he was afraid of the fiend or what he thought he saw. And, you know what I mean? I want just a little bit more story, a little bit more context to make it just a little bit more legitimate so that when the fiend comes around, it just it sits better building into the final part of the feud, the feud, the, you know, the final tri- tri- um, final part of the trilogy. What could be, I mean, I'm more than certain it's going to be Bray, well, Fiend Bray versus Braun at SummerSlam, and if that's the case, Bray needs to win. 100%. Um, just kind of throwing it outside the box a bit, what if we don't, it probably won't because of the climate. It'd be risky to not have the Universal Championship on SmackDown for, I think, five five or six weeks till SummerSlam now. Yeah. Um, what if you don't see either of them at all for the entire month and then they both reemerge at SummerSlam, but it's Black Sheep, Braun, and The Fiend together as one unit? Um, because. I mean, I'm, I'm not against it. It's just the fact that, well, how do we get from that to Bray uh, Fiend taking the title because I just I don't I don't really need Braun to hold the title anymore he's done his job no but at the same time does the Fiend need to hold the belt because the only quarrel I'd have with the Fiend getting the, with the belt as soon as he has that belt round back round it'd be like right next time he's up against Roman Roman's taking it yeah, which the original plan. yeah I know it was but I don't mind that as long as they let him keep it until Mania next year I don't mind that because at the end of the day, Fiend's the bad guy, Reigns is a good guy. And like I said, at the moment, Reigns is sitting in that nice area where we're okay with him at the moment. And he's not been overpushed. He's barely been there at all because of the, the pandemic. 
So this is like the right time to do that. If he takes the title, then you've got a whole time of building the Fiend up again and again and again with people, taking them out really easily, making them a credible thing, and then you bring Reigns back. and slow, As long as they slowly build Reigns back up to the point, don't just chuck him in a few weeks before Mania like they did with the Goldberg thing. Build him up piece by piece by piece to the point where we're legitimately like, I'm looking forward to this match. We know the outcome. We know what's going to happen. But we'll at least have that moment where not only um, Vince gets his kind of celebratory moment with Reigns winning a title at Mania and getting it the way he wants it, the majority of us are going to be going, yeah, okay, they've done it correctly. They've done it right. He's vanquished the bad guy and he's become champion with a little bit more credibility rather than just being thrown too quickly into it. Maybe it's just because I'm... uh, I know I use this term a lot, but a mark for Bray. Than anybody than others, he's like one of my favorites. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think I want the fiend character to be protected for years. I'm pretending the Goldberg thing didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, like we'll just, we'll just depend that. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. I am fine with uh, court leader Bray or Firefly Funhouse Bray eating pins or defeats. That's fine. If the fiend's gonna lose the championship. I'd rather it be in a protective way where it's like a ladder match or a triple threat or a fatal four-way where he's actually defeated. So when it comes to Roman, I'm fine with Roman winning the match. I'm, I, I, I don't think, not anytime soon anyway, I would not be fine with the Roman defeating The Fiend 1-2-3. Okay. It, I, I think The Fiend's too powerful of a character right now to ruin that. He, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, if they can protect him in such a way, then yeah, that's fine. Because yeah, once Reigns has won the title, we need Bray to still be a good, credible, solid character to carry on with. And if we're going to go with that kind of, he's going to be the next phenom kind of character, then yeah, we need to make sure that he doesn't eat pins very often. Yeah, it is. It, he's that close. Now that take is pretty much said, I'm out. Fiend's that close to becoming that mythical dark side character that because that Undertaker leaving is going to leave a huge void in the WWE yeah Ray's that close to filling that void yeah he is so they they need to be careful yeah if Vince just lets it happen yeah but Roman's their boy I get that I mean how many times do you have to fight Lesnar for us to get that (laughs) yeah I, I don't know I mean yeah, that, I suppose that's a story for another time because, as say, Roman is not even in WWE at the minute, so we can't really know where it's going. I'll t- tell you what, though. Have you seen a couple of his posts? No. He is fucking jacked, mate. He was, oh, yeah, he was big yeah. anyway, but fuck me. He's massive now. He's put so much more back on. But do you see who drew, Drew's in a, a little Twitter war with? Uh, um... He was oh, the Rock because the Rock was yeah. batting Dolph, and he goes, "I don't care what you. It doesn't matter what you think." And I, yeah. I thought that was Wait, it, great. If it's just a small joke. Fine. If it leads to Drew versus the Rock, okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm alright with that. Yeah, like so, that. Yeah. So ratings. Yes. Um. So yeah. I mean, to finish off with that Swamp match quickly, there was yeah, a couple so. of good bits, but overall, I was kind of meh. Okay. Yeah. I, I was more entertained than meh. Again. Boneyard match and Firefly Funhouse match, a lot better. But, yeah, I can see why you were meh, 
But I wasn't exactly full on disappointed by no, it. No, no, I suppose. But like I said, I, I probably would have preferred it more, like say, if Asuka and Sasha was the main event. The swamp match could have happened just before, either just before or just before the WWE title match. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, ratings. Hmm. Um, get because I was because I enjoyed it a lot more than I really thought I would. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. I was nearly gave it a seven and a half, but the fucking stupid eyeball thing with Rey Mysterio ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I'm I going for a six. Six was what I kind of stuck with in my head for a while. Again, like I say I mulled it round. I thought the good to the bad, and I just thought, well, it was, it was better than mediocre, but it wasn't yeah. outstanding. And like I say, there was a lot of negatives there. And... The, the negatives that they come up, they were just such gaping holes in the otherwise reasonable re- wrestling matches. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I think I'd get it just over the halfway mark. I'd give it a six. Yeah, there was a lot of matches where, regardless of no crowd, I would have enjoyed either way, just the, the way the wrestling went down. There's some matches where I look at it and go, hmm, I wonder how that would have... would it." They've flown as well with an audience there. Yeah. And there's other matches I look at and go, oh my God, the crowd with the shit all over that if you dare <laughs> do something like this. But again, with the environment they've got, I can understand why they're doing certain things. Yeah, it's kind of like we've entered this kind of Bermuda Triangle of wrestling at the moment or this like alternate universe of wrestling where every month they're doing like crazy, crazy, stupid stuff just because they think, well we've got to do something because we can't just do the regular stuff because if we do, we're going to be even worse off than we are now. It's it's almost like a non-canon spin-off from yeah. WWE, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, we can't continue with the product that you know, so we're going to give you this alternative for a while. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to give you WWE light. Yeah, that's pretty much where it was already light enough as it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that. It's going to be uh, Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> it's diet WWE. Diet. <laughs> so, Mountain WWE. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Mountain Drew. Ma- oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I am Drew. I am Drew. <laughs> I am Drew. Yeah, yeah, so Extreme Rules. Done. Done and dusted. Um, I don't um, know when we're, uh, we're, we might be back later in the week for another lockdown. We'll just we'll see how shit goes. We'll see if we've got any questions. This yeah, time. I mean, yeah. if we do, then yeah, guys, look out for it. It'll be coming later in the week, probably at the weekend. If not, it'll be the following week. Yeah, and uh, SummerSlam, I think, is it's August 23rd, I think. Yeah. So, good five or six weeks away. Um, pretty confident it's happening at the Performance Centre without a crowd. Yeah. But... Who knows? The restrictions might be lifted enough that we can watch it together in the same room. Yeah, I mean, that would be nice. It would be nice yeah. to do that. I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, but I'll wear my mask or whatnot. I don't care. <laughs> so, right. Okie doke. Right, yes, so like, subscribe, and we'll be back at some point in the near yeah. future. Later. Yeah, later yeah. on. Yeah, bye. Bye.